Pod from a Chair. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pod from a Chair. This is the second of what we uh, hope will be monthly podcasts that cover pop culture, social issues, life lessons, and various other topics. I am Steve Ginsburg, also known as The Chair, and with me is Holly Van Buren, executive editor of the blog from which this pod springs from. Hello. From a chair. Hello, hello. That's Holly. Uh, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary. In honor of that, we thought, why not put out more of our thoughts to the world and create this podcast? Because the world needs to know what we're thinking. Uh, and to that end, uh, my background is, just so you know, as a screenwriter, journalist, uh, uh, film and TV critic, and both Holly and I are college professors. I uh, teach for Ithaca College LA program, uh, uh, writing and uh, my advice students about the entertainment industry. I'm also technically entitled the Pendleton Chair, hence the chair. Uh, and uh, Holly um, teaches at Wagner College in Staten Island, where uh, she focuses on screenwriting and TV and film studies. So college professors and writer critics love themes. So for this uh, pod, we thought we would um, talk, given the endless pandemic, about stepping outside of your comfort zone or going deeper inside your comfort zone, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So I kept thinking this week, when I knew we were going to do this, about Cloris Leachman, who just uh, died at the age of 94, who seemed to be comfortable everywhere. Now, I mean, I didn't know her personally. I know people who, who, who met her, but and I think it's true, seemed to be comfortable everywhere as an artist and in person, um, wacky, you know, supposedly in real life. I saw her once at a um, reunion of the MTM uh, Mary Tyler Moore show cast uh, at the TV Academy, and she was like off the wall in a really fun way. Uh, but, I, that's you know, the only way I want her to be. I mean, like, really, like, they all, you could tell they all were nodding and thinking, okay, that's Clara's. But she made <laughs> sense. She was, right. she was interesting. She seemed, she was really interesting and, and well-read and all of those things. Um, but I, I thought, you know, she, here she was in the early 70s. She was in the last picture show where she won an Oscar for playing just the most dramatic role. And at the same time, she was Phyllis on Mary Tyler Moore playing the kookiest character in the world. Recently... I'm watching, you know, reruns because this is what my life is like now. Um, of the the original Twilight Zone, the original Perry Mason in black and white. There's Clara Leachman. There's Clara Leachman. There she is again. Then you know you think Young Frankenstein, and then you think she was on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, you know she was a highlight know, of rock, her season. She was a highlight right? of her season on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> of, you know, so. I don't know where outside of her comfort zone was other than the fact that maybe it was outside, but she just did it anyway. Right. 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 I was going to say so, Mars. I was going to say outside of her comfort zone would be Mars, but, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We but who knows? She probably would have killed it up know. there. She would have killed it up there too. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I admire people who can do, who are scared, but do it anyway. I mean, I try, I aspire to that. I think it's, I think as you get older, it's, it's, it's a little easier. You know, I think at least for me, it was harder when I was younger. There are people that I grew up with or that I remember going to school with who were just fearless from day one, but I don't think that's most of us. I, at least we can be fearless now that, that many of us are, are, are still mostly inside the house. We can be fearless in our choices exactly. of what we watch. Mm -hmm. 
how do you push yourself out of your comfort zone in terms of what you're watching and what you're doing when there really is no impetus to do it because right. we could, yeah, we could, you know, you can eat pizza every day now and nobody would really say anything or, or fault you for it or, you know, what difference does it make? Until, or somebody's, you, until you reintegrate into society and you look like you've eaten pizza every day. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> well or, and even then. Yeah. And even like then, I, who cares? I said to a friend of mine, one of my dearest friends who, who's a designer, I said, you know, the plant, uh, this plant died and, you know, I really should go out and get another one uh, because there's this big space in the living room. And he said, who's coming over? That's a <laughs> and very I fair thought, point. Very fair point. You know, anyway. So. so what what do you think, what have you been watching that pushes you outside of your comfort zone? Have you been trying anything new in terms of what you've been watching? Or, I mean, you mentioned that you're watching Mary Tyler Moore reruns, which I, no one faults you for, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But where where are you outside of your comfort zone? I, so funny you should ask that. I, um, you know, because I teach, TV, one of the things I teach is TV writing, and um, I can't expect my students to watch and want to write all the things I want uh, them to write uh, in terms of me being an audience member. It's like, you know, well, some of them they would. But mm -hmm. so I, I, I've watched, um, I binge watched The Boys. Now, for those of you who don't know, The Boys, and I watched some of Mandalorian, and I watched Ted Lasso. Okay, so The Boys is, how do I describe that? It's a, um, it's an Amazon series and it's based on a graphic a comic book and it's what would happen if superheroes came, you know, lived among us. You know, I'll stop, I'll stop you there because I can confirm this is so far outside of the chair's comfort zone. <laughs> nothing I, about that sentence he just said between graphic novels, superheroes, nothing listen, screams you about this at all. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to admit this, but you know, last night at midnight, I couldn't sleep and I'm flipping around Amazon and I, and I, and I'm, oh, Renee Zellweger is Judy Garland. I'm going to put that on. So I'm going to say a total gay cliche. It's only the third time I watched it. You know, why not? Why not? Why not watch it again? But, but anyway, I did, you know, I watched it because I thought, well, I can't expect them to watch, you know, I don't even, I don't even watch This Is Us anymore, but you know, I, I, I have to watch something that I think vaguely they would watch. I loved it. I loved it. You did. Um, I loved it because it's not, you know what? I avoided comic books except for Archie comic books growing up. Uh, I'm making a face at him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, again, <laughs> shock. But I, I watched the boys because of that. But what, what, what got me about it was um, it, it had something to say, but it had something to say, not just for young, young boys. It was, you know, it deals with the Me Too issue. There's, you know, female superheroes. There's a lesbian superhero. There are, the characters are incredibly flawed. It's very out there in terms of debauchery and sex, kinky kinky shit that's going on uh well that you know, sounds a, a lot more interesting than the usual superhero fair for sure yeah and it's also taught and it also speaks about um you know it, it's political you know and and especially because it was done during the trump era you know we've only been in the biden era for two weeks uh thank god anyway <laughs> <laughs> it, but it does it, it does feel like a show that's like almost using the superhero genre as like a disguise but it's really more of like a straightforward drama is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it's, yeah. Yes, it's straightforward drama, but it's also about relationships right. and it's about, you know, how uh, success and it's about, you know, I, I listened, this is how, this is how much I liked it. I've never listened to one of those uh, fan things, you know, after the show fan <laughs> things, but I thought, oh, I'll listen to this. 
And um, I should say it's developed by this uh, TV writer, Eric Kripke. He did a great job with it. But but he said one of the things he said is that the themes of the show are vengeance and vulnerability. And sort of what they're saying is the more vulnerable, vulnerable you are, the stronger you become. And the more vengeful you are, ironically, the more weaker you are, you know? And I thought that was... I had to write it down because I thought that's very profound. And that's kind of what they talk about. The, the, the horrible superheroes are initially very powerful, but as time goes on, they're so vengeful and awful and full of themselves, you know, um, that they become weaker right. because of circumstance and people standing up to them. And so that's what's interesting about it. It's not just, you know, a person flying around in a cape and saving people. You know, it's 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 seeing them as, as hu humans. I mean, they're superhumans, but but seeing them as humans, and then how they became superheroes, which is not what you think it is. You know, you, I mean, you think well, people are born as superheroes. So, right. So, no spoilers, but yeah. So okay, so you go from the boys, which is a show about superheroes that you weren't sure about how you would feel about it. You end up really liking it, and then you tried yeah. out the Mandalorian. So what were the yeah. results with the Mandalorian? The Mandalorian was. I, I, I watched the first few episodes and I can't. I just I said I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. They're they're gonna hate me. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, yes, baby. They're not gonna hate you. Yes, baby Yoda's cute. You know, you know this can make me sound like a thousand years old, but I remember going to the screening of empire strikes back you know and i'd seen star wars you know but now as, as a reporter of variety and i was um i would go to screenings i remember going to screening of empire strike back and thinking this is pretty good considering it's the sequel if you had told me at that time 40 years later we'd be star warsing no i and among young people it, it's it's on it's amazing to me i just it just felt it felt like you had to have such a body of knowledge of all this minutia that I didn't have. I'm happy, you know, I'm happy it exists for the fans and things. It, it demands this body of knowledge that only most super fans could have. The, the, I mean, so, I'm speaking so about the Marvel words, movies. The Mandalorian is too specific, whereas the boys is more broad. So then you're able to find your place yeah. in it right you can't um, it's also it's also hard in the mandalorian because i mean without seeing his face we're not getting a lot of like the emotional connection well yeah right? yeah it's yeah. like i'm the man i'm the mandalorian <laughs> oh, you can't see wait, my facial as, expression as much as i want to hear you talk more about how much you don't like star wars because that'll get us a lot of listeners yeah that'll podcast. get us many many no let's i like about, star wars don't get me wrong let's yeah. let's talk about you watching a show about professional sports uh, Ted Lasso, um, yeah. and and you know, tell if I pitched it to you, I said, Steve, why don't you watch this show? Uh, it's about a football coach from the Midwest who moves to England to coach a soccer team. I'm pretty sure I know what your answer would have been if I yeah, told you like, you got to watch this. You just imagine like what Fran Leibowitz would say, you know, like I have no interest in that. <laughs> I have no, I have no interest in that. Uh, I have no curiosity I, about that. It's no curiosity. Like, <laughs> why would I want? Why would I? Uh, but, what, why would I but, watch that? but what did you think about Ted Lasso? I love Ted Lasso. Uh, I mean, I do like, I will say, I will admit, I do like Jason Sudeikis. Uh, that helps. And, you know, Saturday Night Live, that helps. But I love Ted Lasso. I know nothing about football. I, I mean, my, fa my, my favorite thing about the pandemic tomorrow is that I do not have to feel guilty about not going to somebody's superhero party. You mean Super Just Bowl? Just not, I mean, Super Bowl. <laughs> See, 
I can't even superhero. It's the same thing though. Yes. Yes. It's the same thing. It is. It is. I don't have to go to a Super Bowl party. I don't have to pretend to not that I went to so many, I will but, miss the but snacks. I, would. I will miss the snacks though. I miss the the commercials, but you yes. can watch the commercials. And right? the halftime so, show. Yeah, and the halftime show. So Ted Lasso, um, for those who haven't seen it, it is you know, it's this guy who who is a football coach and knows nothing about soccer. He's right. hi- he's hired to coach a soccer team for reasons that I won't go into in England. And what's great about it is, especially at these times, he's the most positive guy in yes. the world. Even if he knows nothing about what he's doing, he understands human nature. Right. And he's the he's like the dad that you would want. Right, he's yeah. the dad that you would want, and and I found it just so sweet and life affirming. So, so we yeah, have a, a plus thing. one for superheroes, which is really about vengeance. A negative for uh, anything Star Wars related, but a a plus one for for a sports show. Look at you! Yeah, you're, you're growing before our very ears. I, I know. <laughs> who who would have thought? So wait. So thought? if this is what you've been watching, that's outside of your comfort zone. You obviously have been trying to watch stuff that's inside your comfort zone. So what yes. what what are some of the highlights then of the things that you watch that you anticipated liking? Okay. So the two. So um, uh, Charles Chicago Seven. Uh, Eric Sorkin movie, of course, which is all the right know, ingredients for the chair. Brilliantly written. It's about politics. It's snide. It's you know dramatic. It has something to say. Blah 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 and blah. Good performances. And great performances. Sasha Baron Cohen, great. Uh, because I have no interest in with him in Borat. I love that Borat exists. I'm just not. It's not my humor, right? Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a little play-like, but just wonderful. And, you know, the Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis and just the way it looks, you just feel like you're in the period. You, yep. It's an amazing movie. But also, um, you know, Andre Day in the United States versus Billie Holiday, which of course I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a gay guy of a certain age. I'm going to love Billie Holiday, right? <laughs> yeah, However... Yeah. She is so great in this movie. She is, it is so dark in such an interesting way. And she sings and you feel like you're watching Billie Holiday. I mean, I like Lady Sings the Blues. It's a totally different kind of movie. This is, an, uh, uh, you know, Billie Holiday as a drug addict. Billie Holiday as a sexual human being. Billie Holiday being political. Billie Holiday, you know, being um, uh, uh, abused by the men in her life. Not only, you know, it, sexual partners but also just you know the the government going after her for 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 singing strange fruit which was this famous billy holiday song about you know lynchings in the south um uh, and billy holiday singing just being brilliant billy holiday on stage it is it reminded me of you know when we when we those of us who saw uh piaf you know marion cotillard Mm -hmm. and edith piaf where you're thinking how can she how does she do? And she didn't sing, you know, she was, right. and it didn't matter. That was, right. this is, this is, you know. So are we saying that Andra is a, a early front runner for you for the Oscar? She's the, the front runner. And I Ooh. thought, well, but, uh, no, she's the front runner. Is she going to win? Probably not. But, but, but I, I don't know, you know, why people win Oscars has so much to do with timing and the movie yeah. that's exploding at the time and the yeah. press people are getting and a whole bunch of other things. So, so 
So, so. Is, is there anything that you watched that you thought was going to be in your comfort zone, but then ended up being something that you didn't like? Is there anything? Well, yes. Cause I, disappointed, I looked, let's say. Yeah. So I look at critics, uh, uh, you know, critics top 10 list, not thinking I'm going to love everything, but if there's a movie there, right. But if there's a movie there, right. That you're, and I'm sure you're this way too. If there's a movie there. You think uh, a movie or TV show that you think, well, if all these people are saying that they like it, then, and it's one of the 10 best movies of the year, I should watch this. I should, I should sample this. And so I watched, so first cow, uh, I, I watched, um, I, <laughs> I shouldn't say this if students are listening because I, you know, uh, I, I encourage everybody to watch stuff all the way through. I got 25 minutes into it. I thought, but first of all, it was the wet. It, it takes place in the West, <laughs> right? A Western is not, you know, it, it's not in my top, you know, uh, million things to, uh, sure. to be a part of, even though I'm happy again, that it exists. I just, I couldn't do it. I just, it was, it was dull and talky and maybe I didn't give it a chance. Deliberate, slow, um, really full. <laughs> so in other words, everybody else, do you, do you think people are putting it on lists because they think you should like it or because they actually do like it? I think that I think that people think it's meaningful and important, you know, because of the story it's telling, the story that's not told very often. Immigration. I think it's I think it's a style of filmmaking. You know, I don't mind when stuff is is slow paced. Sure. But I think I think it just the story has to grab you a little bit more. Years and years ago, decades ago, I was on a plane with a guy who I uh, was sitting next to a guy I didn't know, and he was uh, I asked him what he did, and he said he was a waiter. And um, I said, oh, and I think I was in my 20s at the time. I said, so um, I said something to the effect of not in these words, because it would be so wretchedly insulting, but like, well, what do you really want to do? You know, <laughs> I didn't say it like that, but I'm sure I was in my mid 20s and I said some asshole thing, you know, and forgive you. He, said, we forgive you know, he said, I love being a waiter. And I said, oh. You know, and, and he sure. said, I love being a, he's a waiter in an upscale restaurant. And he said, I love being a waiter because I feel like every night it's a party and I'm inviting people in and I want them to have a good time. And it's my responsibility if they have a good time. And, I, and I've always remembered that. I thought, you know, that's such a, it, it was so sincere. And I, and I feel that way as, a, as an artist, uh, uh, you know, as any kind of artist, you know, you have to do what you think, what works for you. But at the end of the day, it's not like you have to sell out and make make a movie or or, or write a um, a book or a play or anything that 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 you don't want do stuff that you don't want to. But you do want people to experience it. You do want to invite them in. And I felt like with First Cow, it was a movie where okay, can you like throw me a bone? Can you like just? <laughs> You're mixing metaphors here. Is it a dog? Is it a cow, Steve? Is it, is yeah. <laughs> can you throw me? Can you throw me an otter? Can you, can you give me a glass of milk? Yeah. I want some milk. Well, I want some milk, chocolate milk, regular milk. It doesn't matter. Something. It sounds, uh, it, it's sort of like, you know, it's the broccoli of films in a way. You know, it's, yes, not, the it, it's not the chocolate ice cream. It's not the delicious pizza. It's broccoli. <laughs> you need it. It's there. But, but, but here's the thing. There, I used to think I didn't like broccoli until I tasted broccoli rob, you know, sauteed broccoli rob, and I loved it. 
So it's not that like necessarily we're going to hate broccoli. It's how broccoli is prepared. prepared. I might, yeah. first, first cow needed more seasoning is another word. It needed olive oil. It for sure <laughs> needed olive oil. Now, listen, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about this because we chatted about this a little bit before. Um, but one, the maybe the last show we can we can close this out with is uh, a show that's uh, gotten a little bit of you know press recently for getting a lot of Golden Globe nominations uh, is yeah. Emily in Paris or Emily in Paris, right? Now, from just you know understanding the concept of the show, it sounds like something that would be in your comfort zone, something that you might like. Um, but I am not sure that that was how you felt about it. No. So let me <laughs> preface this. Let me preface this by saying I loved how it looked. I thought it was very breezy. I just thought this horrible young woman, <laughs> this horrible young woman who, who constantly says things like my social or I'm going to put this uh, on my gram or whatever the <laughs> fuck she's saying, and who eats croissants, who weighs 10 pounds, and eats chocolate croissants every day. Um, uh, it, it's just, and, and supposedly, and is very smart about social media, has no idea how to read a room of people, and has just this voice where, you know, you, it's, it was like chalk on a blackboard. Ooh. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm thinking, how is it, you know, how, I don't get it. I just don't get you, it. And I watched you were, the first You weren't charmed. You weren't charmed by her. No, she was charmless. She was like a, she was like counter charm. She was, it's not my original line. That's not, <laughs> that's Mark, that's Mark, that's Mark Crowley's line. But, but, but seriously, she's just charmless and, and, and annoying. Uh, there is a hot guy um, who is uh, who lives in her building who I thought was very good and her best friend was very good. But also, I think it's not earned. You know, I think the whole thing was is that the situation, it's very cotton candy, sort of like Sex in the City. Another show you'd think I would love that I didn't, I right. didn't hate it. It just didn't speak to me. Sex in the City had a little bit more, um, I, I, it came at a certain uh, point in time and it had a little bit more resonance to it, mm. you know, in terms of the issues that it was dealing with. It's a, it's a different kind of show. I just didn't, I, I, I don't get it. But you know, I'm not alone because a lot of critics felt that way too. I, I think people just like the escape of it now. Well, I, I, I get thing. it. But, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting considering the shows that you watch for that are inside your comfort zone versus the shows that are just comforting, right? So there's yes. like a certain element of that. It's like the way you said, like, can you eat pizza every night? Yes, you can. Cause it's like, maybe it's comforting. Maybe it makes you feel good. Maybe you enjoy it no matter what toppings you put on top. But even the things that you think you're going to be comfortable with, like an Emily in Paris situation, like sometimes can be too much. And that's certainly how and I felt like about the show. I mean, I watched the whole show. I got through it all, um, but it's yeah. just excess. Everything is so excessive. Um, and it's, you know, you almost have to watch. It's, I can't imagine these people who watched all the episodes all at once binging it. Cause it's just too much. I had to spread it out over a whole month. Otherwise, I never would have made it through. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, when I was making the pizza metaphor or whatever food you want to substitute, if you had pizza every day for a month, as much as you love pizza, there would be a point where you wouldn't want to ever look at a piece of pizza again, at right. least for a few days. <laughs> you know, and so I would challenge everybody to step a bit outside and try stuff 
try one thing that you think, oh, I won't like this and, and, and see where it goes. And if you don't like that and you turn it off, then try, try another thing until you get to something that might be, that might surprise you. Because even, even if it's first cow? Well, no. Well, <laughs> yes. You don't have to keep going. You don't have to keep going. Uh, I mean, in fairness, who am I to judge it? I only got half an hour through, you know, True. which is so unusual for me because I finish everything. All right. So, well, that's so anyway. That, that's the chair's take on what's inside that's the chair's outside take. your comfort zone. That's the chair's take. And, uh, you know, we can bitch and moan about all these things, but it's really all done in fun. To create anything that's a piece of art is it, it is really a challenge. So, you know, even the stuff that I don't like, uh, or it's not to my taste, that's in or out of my zone, so mm. to speak, um, I really encourage people um, to to admire the fact that somebody could even get something done, you know, uh, because that that is that is really an achievement in, in itself. Oh, and watch Friendly Bewitz. Uh, uh, our Netflix city. show, pretend it's a city, <laughs> yes. and she may really be not in your comfort zone, and you know she's to a taste, but she's my taste. So, all right, well that finishes hey. up our second episode. Okay, See you next time. thanks everybody. Bye. See you next time. Bye bye.